0: small mouth sounds we saw it jimmy what did you think i actually really enjoyed the play saw it when was it saturday night saturday night it was at the edgewood dance in brookwood mall brookwood village yes i was really surprised just from walking in the space is so well suited to a play of that subject matter like it felt almost like some kind of studio where those people would be meeting for their silent retreat
1: where they would yeah i can see that yeah what did you like about him i mean me being who i am i'm gonna focus on the dialogue first the was it miss champion carolyn champion who did the uh the voiceover kathleen kathleen jensen She could have been a recording that came with the script. She was fantastic. She was
0: amazing. If there is a... You know, they give out the Hobo Awards every year for for a theater downtown. They should give a special award for voice acting to Miss
1: Jensen. Oh, absolutely. Because that was some good stuff. On point. There was an intentionality behind everything that she did with that microphone, and I liked it. It was really good.
0: I enjoyed that. I think people will be really surprised at how much a role the unseen voice plays mm-hmm. in the in the script and in, in the performances
1: and of course the scene people as well we can't forget the scene people who are they you, you know the the six in front the our oh. our, our <laughs> visible actors well it was
0: great you know i love the way that jonathan sweat set it up and it was almost like a when I walked in, I thought, this looks like a, uh, like a runway, like we're about to see a sh- oh, sure. uh, runway models, because the chairs were set up about, what, 20 or 30 for the audience yes. on one side, facing a row of six chairs on the other side, and that's where With the... pages on them to keep us from sitting on them. Right, <laughs> and that's where the actors came in and sat, and that's where they were. You know, this play takes place at a silent retreat where these people are coming to dig within themselves and become better pe- versions of themselves and which some of them actually do and yeah surprisingly and so we the audience become sort of the wall that they're 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 looking at the unseen uh, speaker that we don't see but we are what they're looking at so it's very intimate I love that
1: it's very confessional like they're without coming across as contrived they confess their souls to us, the audience.
0: They do. They do. And, you know, what's interesting about this is that because it's not a proscenium theater, because it's so up close and personal, a lot of the old, a lot of the, not old, but a lot of the ways of acting on stage, projecting and going bigger would not have worked in that space. There were a lot of very, especially Chuck Duck, I was so impressed with these subtle things that all of the actors were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just noticed it a lot with with Chuck, just the subtlety in the face. There wasn't. They don't have a lot of dialogue because they're at a silent retreat, so they rely so much on their bodies and their faces and their eyes. And it was. It's almost like television or film acting because of that. The smallness of the space.
1: Oh, absolutely. I can see that.
0: What else did you like about it?
1: I guess this could be attributed to the director, but I thought that they did a good job of holding our attention at different sides of the scene. Of the scene. Uh, we've talked about when they were sitting up in the chairs, but also there were the parts where they were laying in, in beds. I, they were just mats on the floor, but they would lay in their beds and different people would be doing different things across the stage in different cabins, so to speak. All of this inferred, mind you. They did a really good job of capturing our attention of oh this person's uh, doing some action oh these people might be doing something but i don't have to pay too much attention to them oh we're transferring our attention from this group to that group
0: yeah what could have been a very static situation where you know we're just sitting there 20 to 30 people looking at six people be quiet mm-hmm. was actually very dynamic because oh, yeah. of the staging because of the like you were just talking about having different things going on at different times
1: yeah that you got to give to the director. You got you got to give it to the actors for supplying uh, that, of course. But the director, you'd have to think, is the one orchestrating all that. So
0: oh, absolutely. And another thing that contributes to that, I thought, was the lighting. You know, we're in this space, which is a dance studio. Though it created a different space altogether. It felt kind of warm. Um, and even in the in the supposedly outdoor stuff, especially the night stuff, that really created it felt very very real that that something about the lighting i'm not a lighting expert oh no but it was very powerful and simple
1: and we really can't stress this enough this was in a dance studio right. they had a bunch of granted professional but still they had a bunch of lamps that they had set up for this for these right. effects and these colors and they did a great job with them
0: so lighting the sound the music the the direction the acting I really like the fact that this is an ensemble piece and these people had to build relationships with each other, seriously, everybody, without much talking at all because they're at a silent retreat. Mm -hmm. There was some cheating where they would talk, you know. But we had to watch characters build relationships and sometimes very heartbreaking, touching relationships, complete strangers. There's I don't want to give anything away, but there's a really beautiful relationship that forms that, Takes a dramatic turn at the end that really says something about human nature. I don't want to give it away. Oh sure. You know oh, what sure. I'm talking about. Yeah, I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
1: and it's just that there's something so touching about that. Mm-hmm. And even with those highs, there are lows too. There was there was a moment I won't give away too much that that really affected me, where I think I grabbed your hand at one point, or I was uh, or I was covering my mouth or something. But there's a moment where there's almost this betrayal of trust where you're watching a scene and you think oh no i know how this is going to go this is not what she needs this right. is not what he needs to give it was really affecting yeah yes. there's
0: a raw quality to the play because here's the truth even this weekend uh, i this past weekend i went away for my own little personal retreat rented okay. a got a hotel room and meditated and wrote in my journal and did all these things and it's something that all of us do whether we're praying or meditating or we all have these times in our lives where we're trying to turn a corner or become better people or do something better and it's a very vulnerable raw spot to be and we all come at it from a very flawed perspective you know like mm-hmm. we're all flawed none of us well nobody makes a complete turnaround it's very rare you know we sure. carry things with us and that's one of the things i love about this play is that it's about people who are seeking some sort of change in their lives, but they're very fragile, vulnerable, flawed human beings going about that in a very <laughs> flawed way. But something good comes out of it. And there's something that happens with the unseen voice, the the guru or whoever she she is. There's a speech that she gives in the end that I won't give away mm-hmm. that I think is just so powerful. And it, and it made me think of times of in my life of actually being a teacher and how sometimes I feel like Maybe a, nothing really is happening, or there's a there's a sort of existential doubt about what you're doing. And I think that that was really interesting. That the it you was just well so achieved, many levels yes. going on in the in the play. Um, so great acting from you know um, who were all the actors. We had Chuck Duck who did an amazing 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 job.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pull them up. I you pulled them up just before we started talking. We need to give them credit.
0: We have Kevin Van Heining. Is he the one who plays the guy who, with the hat?
1: I've, I would think so, judging by the picture I'm seeing from yeah. right there.
0: Excellent. He had a great monologue that I really enjoyed. One of the few monologues from the six. Kelsey Crawford, as always, just blew it away. Mm-hmm. She was playing a very, um, shall we say, very dramatic. Oh <laughs> yes. Pers- per- personality. But with a very deep well of emotion under there. Yes. Yeah, she, she had some... It's hard, I think, to, to play someone who's that gregarious, or, but also has this very vulnerable, soft core. Right.
1: There, there was a rubbed rawness to it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then I think,
0: if I have this right... Oh, I hope I'm not wrong. That Tim Seal played the... Um, the YouTuber? Yeah, the the, the uh, meditation yoga person. Yes, and he was really. I, I enjoyed. I thought that was a very authentic performance. Yes, he was very well cast. Oh sure, and, and and played it well. And there's some things about him that made me not like him, but it's good that I did not like him it's, in those ways. But you're, but but you also do like him as well. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. And then the two women. Oh gosh. Beth Kitchen and Susie Lee Wood, I mean, that relationship is, I think, the anchor of the of the play. Absolutely, and they really built that
1: together. I thought they did a good job with that.
0: Mm-hmm. What else did you want to say about it?
1: In order to segue, let's just say Jonathan Sweat was the director of all this, and he did a wonderful job. And we were lucky enough to talk with him this week.
0: I know. I can't wait for everyone to hear that interview.
1: Right now I'm going to play two tempos of an old, old hymn. I don't know if I've ever played it on Memory Lane before. It's an oldie but a goodie, simply entitled Bright in the Corner, Where You Are. So enjoy.
0: It's another episode of Where You Are, and we are here in the home, the lovely home of Jonathan Sweat. Is that right? That's right. I was looking at your name earlier, and I was like, what if it's sweet? And I've been saying it wrong all these times, What
2: is it's Sweat. It is Sweat. Somebody asked me on Facebook recently, like on a post, and I was like, well, how do you describe? So finally I came up, it rhymes with jet. Okay. Because that was...
0: So we're here with Jonathan Sweat, who I've known, sort of, we're not like best friends or anything, but I've known you for a long time, and and now I just (laughs) realized I was afraid about pronouncing your name. (laughs) But Jonathan is the director of the latest production of Theater Downtown. The play is called Small Mouth Sounds. It was written by Beth Wall?
2: Bess Wall.
0: Bess Wall, Yeah. I read it because I was going to go see it, and it sold out. I wanted to see it before I talked to you. I was like, I can't talk to the director without having some kind of knowledge of the play, so I read it. Uh, which is challenging because I know that there's a lot of stuff that happens in well, the play that's not related to dialogue. Yeah, the script is mostly stage direction. Right. So that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I would start out by asking you, Jonathan. First of all, thank you for letting us come into your home. Oh well, thank you for coming. And I won't reveal the address. But what? How? If you had to describe the play to people who've never read it or seen it, what? How would you describe
2: it? It's. There's a lot of awkward humor. It's a very emotional play. And it's a very relatable play. You know, it's about six people who go to a silent retreat. So they know beforehand that, you know, they're going to get there and they're not going to be able to speak. So it's not like a surprise on them or anything. But everybody there is going through some kind of turmoil in their life. Like there's someone who is grieving loss of their young son. There is a woman who's used to being... In, in total control of her life. And all of a sudden she's dying of cancer. There's a girl who was a child actress and has been, you know, is used to being adored and has her whole self-esteem kind of built on the attention that she gets. And she has a bad habit of going after the wrong guys and she's going through a pretty traumatic breakup. So all these people are going through, you know, these, kind of horrible events but it's things that we all go through it's things that you know we've all dealt with these things at some point in our lives and all of a sudden there's somebody dealing with all of these things and they're all in a room together or they're all in the woods together and they have to figure out how to relate to one another and how to deal with their feelings that they've come here to confront without speaking.
0: Without speaking, and that's speaking. the part that is so compelling to me. I, I am going to see the play. I can't wait to see it. What drew you to the play? Did they ask you to do the play, or did you perp- did you seek this one
2: out? You know, a couple of years ago, I directed a short play, um, which you know well, because we worked on the same one. And ever since then, I, I was really interested in trying to tackle a full length. And um, I started reading different scripts, and I first read this script almost two years ago. It was shortly after shortly after the short play. And I was really, I, I don't know, there was something about it I was really drawn to. I think it kind of was the challenge of how people have to you know, deal with things without speaking. And um, I think people have always told me that I'm a pretty quiet, person.
0: Jonathan, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just <laughs> thinking when you said that I wanted to ask you later that you you come across as a very introverted, quiet person. and yeah. I wonder if that was part of the appeal for you,
2: but go ahead. I'm well, sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I actually write about that a little bit in the, um, in the program. But yeah, it just all felt very relatable to me because we all have those times when you feel something so intensely, but there just aren't the words to say it there just aren't words that really fit the emotion that you're feeling and at the same time you know there are times where there's something that you want to say extremely badly but because of the circumstances you're in you can't or you shouldn't and i just thought this would be such an interesting way to get those ideas out on the stage and to see how other people would react in the same situations
0: oh it's so fascinating because you know i'm the kind of person who will probably even though i'm not expressing what i want to be want everybody to understand i will keep running at the mouth trying <laughs> and i thought as i was reading the the play you know i've thought about trying some quiet spiritual retreat and i think i think i would probably go crazy <laughs> i don't know but uh, that's one of the, i think there's some deep fundamental questions about existence that come up in this play just from reading the script i'm sure it's even more powerful when you see the play
2: yeah yeah there's some little things we add from personal experiences and uh there's so much you can get like it even though the play has very little dialogue written in it for certain characters it's still really well written in how it describes the situation that they're in but at the same time we did make some little tweaks just to kind of personalize things a little bit did any of you go to an actual uh quiet <laughs> retreat
0: whatever they're called their spiritual retreat where you have to be
2: quiet, quiet. no no none of us were that brave really but um <laughs> I don't blame you. That could have been interesting. That could have been a (laughs) a neat cast field trip. I did have some experiences where a few years ago um, I took a meditation class. And I thought that would be a really great way to kind of, well, to learn how to live in the moment more. Um, You know, especially everybody's, your brain is so trained with your phone and, you know, social media and everything to just always be thinking about, I I don't know, you kind of need, input or entertainment or every second and I was trying to find ways to untrain my brain from that to be able to really relax and not have to worry about all these things but be able to sit and focus and breathe absolutely for you know more than a few seconds at a time and it was really hard <laughs> and I thought yeah. okay if I keep this up if I practice this this will be something that could be really beneficial and I didn't do so well at it and um, there are some elements in the, in the production that were inspired by, by that. There's a part where Beth's character has um, just dealt with what she feels is a pretty big betrayal. And in not knowing how to deal with the aftermath of that, the emotion she feels, she sits down and she tries to meditate, and she tries it for a very long time. And in the end... She fails. She just couldn't do it. Yeah, I think that
0: and again, even though I haven't seen it, the the script does convey a lot of the sort of thematic elements. And I think that one of the powerful things about what the playwright is doing here is that she shows the frailty of our good intentions when we are trying to be spiritually, or we're trying to we're trying to grow spiritually, or we're trying to get to those calm places, or we're trying to meditate, or we're trying yeah. to be like more perfect. But we're just humans when we're doing it and those people at this silent <laughs> retreat are not doing the greatest job i mean they're yeah. whispering to each other and <laughs> looking at their phones under their cover or at least in the script they're looking at their phones under the cover things like that yeah. so
2: i think yeah. one of the most fascinating parts of that is that there's a couple that goes um joan and judy and they have sort of something exposed while they're there and they have to figure out okay now we're in a fight but we can't speak and speak. So,
0: and then there's that, that sort of that dedication that people have to the rules. Like we're not going to break these rules, even though we're having this major five, but we're still obeying these rules. (laughs) I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Theater downtown has been staging shows since 2006, right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We have so many wonderful theater companies in Birmingham, TNT, Birmingham Black Repertory Theater Company, Birmingham Festival Theater Company, Red Mountain, Encore, Virginia Sanford, just to name a few off the top of my head. And these companies, together with others, keep theater alive and well here in the magic city. Theater downtown focuses on the cutting edge, the hilarious, the provocative, the local, and often, as in its current production, Best Wall's Small Mouth Sounds... The Profound. Over the years, Theater Downtown has staged Dragula the Musical, Alice in Slasherland, Five Lesbians Eating a Quiche, Boeing, Boeing, one of my favorites. That was such a great show. All in the Timing. Uh, Steel Magnolias, The Explorers Club. So funny. That one starred Jonathan Sweat. He was really good in that show. Debbie Does Dallas the Musical, The Birds, The Miss Firecracker Contest, Bad Sea, where Brooke Wood just chewed up that scenery, um southern baptist sissies that was a really touching and funny show written by dell shores and so many more after 10 years at its former location theater downtown is currently on the lookout for a new home but its current production has found a haven at edgewood dance on the first floor of brookwood village small mouth sounds directed by jonathan sweat We'll run one more weekend from February the 6th through February the 8th there at Edgewood Dance. But get your tickets now because the show sold out in its first two weeks. You can get your tickets at theaterdowntown.org. You can go to uh, Facebook and click on the link there. Uh, but get your tickets. And now back to Jonathan. Who is the cast? Or who, who,
2: and how did you choose them? Well, uh, we had auditions. Um, uh, you know, I, I like to plan ahead, so we we had the first round of auditions last summer, and then um, it. Good grief! Last summer? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we did kind of a group audition with some of the other shows for um, Clown Bar at Theater Downtown and um, Mr. Burns that Alexander mm-hmm. just directed <laughs> yeah. the previous show. Um, so we had the first round of auditions for those three together, and then later on, I had the callbacks and got it and got it all settled. But yeah, I had this amazing group of people audition and you know with it being my first time to direct a full-length show i didn't know if anybody wanted to kind of take a risk on somebody who's sort of a new director and i was really really excited by the interest the people that came and the pe- the people that came and showed up for it so yeah we have um kathleen jensen who you know people know from all of her years and all the shows she's done at tnt she's done several like Del shore shows and she's directed uh, yeah. and you know, she's done a lot of really great work. There's Beth Kitchen, who also kind of a bit of a Birmingham celebrity. Right. <laughs> uh We have Chuck Duck, also legendary, and Kelsey Crawford, uh, Tim Seal uh David Seal's brother. Oh, okay. And um, uh, Kevin Van Heining, who is just brilliantly funny. and Susie Wood. Okay. Yeah, it's a great, great cast.
0: So, I want to make sure I don't forget to ask you this. I, I've made this li- This is the first time I've made a list of questions. I was a little <laughs> nervous. What? Before we move on to talk more about the cast and about the rehearsal process and all of that, yeah. I want to ask you one thing. What, would, what do you think that you personally have learned from this process of doing this play, Both, even, either or about yourself or about yourself as a director? What has this process taught you?
2: Well, I've learned that as a director, if you want to make your job easier, cast the right people, <laughs> because yeah. that's going to be most of the work that's right that's the battle, yeah. Yeah. And I was really surprised, like, once we got everything settled, once we found our performance venue, once we found a place where we could rehearse, everything was super easy. And that really surprised me. Like, I really, really enjoyed working with the actors and asking questions about who these characters were and... Working together, to kind of make these decisions and, and I guess sort of to collaborate on the ideas of bringing these people on the page to life. And that was really, really fun. And I I, I really, really enjoyed that. Now, once Tech Week rolled around, it got very, very hard again. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's often how Tech Week is. Did you
0: have, do you have like a sound, the same sound system? And you don't have the same sound system and lights because. Well, to move, right? it's not
2: exactly the same, but we do actually have portable lighting. This was another thing that was kind of a challenge with the design of the show, because I didn't know exactly what kind of tech we would have available up until about a week before we moved into the finals performance space.
0: Let me take a moment here for people who don't know, because I, yeah. I don't think we've said it here on the podcast. You, you guys, Theater Downtown, had to move out of their space that they've been in for like 10 years, right? right? The antique store. And... This happened just as you were planning your show, and you didn't know where you were going to be doing it. So finally, you found found a place at, uh, is it
2: Edgewood? What is it? Yeah, it's called Edgewood Dance. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a a dance company that's in Brookwood Village, Mm -hmm. and they do dance performances, they do dance classes, they do yoga classes, and it worked out really well because this, first of all, the space is beautiful this room that we're in there is exactly the set that we would need for this show. Like it, it fits the, you know, like where they would have the, the classrooms of this spiritual retreat right? or this silent retreat perfectly. Yeah. So,
0: so you back to tech week, you said you yeah. didn't know exactly what kind of situation you were
2: getting into. <laughs> well, yeah, well it was hard to, like, I didn't know what kind of lights we would have. Like I, I tried to think about, okay, bare minimum, what can we do? At the very least, we can have lights up and lights down because, you know, this place has light switches. (laughs) But as far as, you know, there are a lot of challenges because you have to find a way in this show. Part of it happens, part of it takes place indoors, part of it takes place outdoors. And there's some crazy stuff that happens outdoors. There is. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they spend the night in these cabins and we have to find a way to depict that in a way that... It's kind of minimal because, you know, our space is limited, but that's my aesthetic is kind of yeah. minimal anyway. So that worked out. But we also do it, have to do it in a way that it's convincing to the audience and they understand what's happening. And if you don't have any kind of light to show that, that gets a lot trickier. Right. So I was really racking my brain trying to come up with ideas about how to show that. And thankfully, it ended up where we did have um, some portable lighting rigs. So we got those put in place. They were actually brand new. They ordered them. Um, oh, wow. Uh kind of to use in the interim until there is another permanent space. So we were the first show that gets to use them. There'll be others as different shows pop up in between now and whenever <laughs> the permanent space comes up. But um they're actually really nice. I think we've been able to use them pretty pretty effectively. Um, you know, we have a lot of colors to use. Um Yeah, I I think it works pretty well. I think it's pretty convincing that these people are, you know, walking through the woods at night trying to find out where they're going to stay.
0: I was interested in asking you if there's a lot of improv that happens in this play, or did you tend to take the character descriptions very literally? Because there are some very literal character descriptions at the front. yeah. And she does say that I think you can take liberties with those. I just wondered...
2: How you handled that with the actors but that is one of the best things about the script is that even though well i guess for each of the characters there's a pretty in-depth description written about you know what they're dealing with and who this person is i really tried to honor as much of that as possible just because i i, I like to honor the playwright's work right there probably were some things where we took took a few liberties but for the most part you know, we used all that information. And, you know, the audience going to see the show, you're not going to know everything about this person's background, but it helps the actor to make decisions on how they would react to things based on, you know, this past that they yeah. have. Um, but there are things like, you know, when you have like great improv actors like Kevin Van Heining and like everybody's really, really good with it. They're going to be little things that they add on their own and things that we kind of worked out together. So to... I've always thought it's amazing how people can
0: make a character read without actual lines that's why i can't wait to see this play one of the things i've only directed twice okay i have a theater degree in 1999 and i got it and i didn't really do much with it and whatever yeah but i directed that one short play a long time ago at a theater downtown i directed a play for my college one of the things that i enjoyed about the process is when actors would make discoveries or when I would make a discovery, it was something that I just was not expecting to happen. Happened. Yeah. Were, were there moments like that in this
2: play that you can recall? Yeah, you know, I think that's something that uh, Chuck and I talked about a bit. Chuck Duck, um, he plays a character named Jan. Oh, he plays Jan, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Although you know, from the audience, you know, they're not not knowing this person's background. They're not going to very know very much about him. It's one of the more mysterious characters, and um, you kind of find out why. Yeah, I love end. that. I love yeah, it, that. It's it's, it's, it's very poignant, actually. But uh, we talked a lot about, you know, just who this person was. And he came up with a lot of really interesting ideas on why he reacted to certain things the way that he did. Uh, I think a lot of the things that he does in the show are really poetic in a way. And I think there's there's some really, really beautiful moments. And to see those happen for the first time was... There were times where people would do things at a rehearsal or where I would just gasp like it would be something that just something small and new that I hadn't expected but would have such impact that it it would really hit me. What do you see your role as as director? How would you define that role when you're
0: in there that space with those actors? I mean, I know there's more than just the rehearsal and the <laughs> yeah. but when you're in that space with the actors, what is your role, do you think, as a director?
2: You know, I kind of approached it as being sort of an organizer. Like, um, not just of, you know, all the things you have to line up in the background, but sort of an organizer of ideas and um, to try to help pull things out of people. Like, a lot of times you could see people moving in the right direction or in a direction that I really liked with their ideas about a character. But um, there were also times where I would encourage people in, you know, to go further in that direction um, in order to have the most impact. I knew reading that script I had a really, really clear idea of how I wanted it to look and how I wanted things to go and sort of the overall tone. I think it was just being kind of a keeper of that tone to help people maintain that consistency and make sure we didn't step out of that and make sure that our comedy really fit into that in the same place that our emotionality was. You know, it's great if you have a really funny bit, but if it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the tone of the show, then you know all of a sudden it becomes something completely different. I love that, The Keeper of the Tone. Yeah. That's really nice.
0: I like that. What was that show that you did? This was one of the first shows I saw you in with Mel Christian directing. It was the British... Was it Explorers Club? Yes, <laughs> Explorers Club. That was so... You were so good in that. And yeah, I thought Mel did such a great job <laughs> oh, yeah, directing absolutely. that. I think she's one of our you know, really strong
2: directors in town. Yeah, I um, love to work with Mel. I've done three shows with her now. What else did you do with her? Uh, I did uh, Picasso at the Le Pen Agile, the um, Steve Martin play. That's right. Um, and uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. That's right. You've
0: done a lot of theater in town. I have, I have, yeah. When did you start? I, I'm going to admit that I cheated a little bit and found some article for, about you from 2014. <laughs> oh, the, the Dracula one? Yes. Yeah. But what, what, what shows have you done? How long have you been in theater in, in,
2: in Birmingham? Uh, it's been almost 10 years now. You know, it's kind of funny. This hit me earlier today, but right after I did my very first play, which was um, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, wow. I played a I played a zombie. I got <laughs> I got beaten to death with a tire iron by Sylvester was Little. Fun. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was it was in honor an honor. <laughs> but um right after that, I, I did um a friend of mine had a podcast at the time, and he interviewed me for it. So it's kind of fitting now that after I directed my first show. Oh, cool. That's <laughs> kind great. of comes back for a full circle, yeah. I have to That's say cool. this really quick before you go on. Your cute little dog, Chip,
0: <laughs> is just sitting back there behind you looking so adorable. A little rescue who is very shy, so we're going to leave him alone, but he's so cute. He, yeah, he's he definitely stays pretty glued to me. <laughs> so, you, so you started out as a zombie. Yeah.
2: And now you're directing. Yeah. What have been some of your favorite shows that you've been in? Oh, gosh. Oh, well, definitely The Explorer's Club. You know, that was... That was at a time where I had it had been a pretty good while it went I went almost a year without doing a show. And I came back into that and I had a lot of anxiety about it because, you know, when you take a break, you kind of wonder, like, uh, I don't know, do I do I still have the nerve for this? Because it's a lot like getting up on stage, especially for introverted people. (laughs) It's a lot. You know, it takes a lot out of you. As nervous as I was, I went back, and it was so much fun. Like, that show was fun start to finish. Like, Mel was great. The whole cast was great. We just had an amazing time. It was so much... I wish you had seen it. it was so much fun to watch. And you're so
0: good on stage. You have a very... In, you're. I always have thought of your acting as this very sort of intelligent... There's, there's an intelligence and a calm about you when you're acting, but you're also very funny. <laughs> um, there's just something very clear about... It when you're on stage, I wonder what kind of work, I noticed that when in my little snooping around on the internet that you, you're, you don't have a theater background from like when you were a kid, right? No, you I... didn't go to school for theater.
2: No. So how have you trained, just, on you, tra- you trained while you were doing it? Well, kind of, yeah. I did take, um, like in high school, I took like a year of drama. I was in like this high school play one year, um, but we, had, our, we didn't have a good drama program. Like even my senior year, like the teacher, the drama teacher was out so they didn't even do any productions or anything yeah. because she had like an illness or something. But I really liked it and I wanted to do more. There just wasn't any opportunity for it. And then after high school, um, you know, I didn't go to college immediately. I, I just, I really wanted to be independent. So I just immediately started working a full-time job and trying to, you know, just build my own life, I guess. Just get away from my hometown a little bit. But I always wanted that creative outlet. Like that was something that was definitely missing from my life and I didn't know that any of this theater scene was here for the longest time but about 10 years ago I went to see I went to theater downtown to see Equus oh wow yeah remember J.J. Mars directed that and um you know I was just in awe that this could happen in Birmingham Alabama like this was it like this, this wasn't edited they did the show exactly as it was meant to be performed. And I just thought it was amazing and that not only was this being performed here, but the people that were in the show were also from here. And it just made me think that, wow, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could have the nerve. Like, first of all, I wonder if I could ever, like, audition and get a role. Second of all, could I actually pull it off? Could I I handle it? I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And eventually I got the opportunity to... um, well, you know, I just didn't have the nerve to audition for anything either. Right. Um, but eventually I got the opportunity to um, kind of go on stage in Night of the Living Dead, thanks to Billy Ray Bruton, as a zombie. And, you know, there were no, I didn't have any lines or anything in that mm-hmm. part. I just had to learn a little bit of fight choreography and get really bloody. And that was the fun part. But then after that, um, I just started going to auditions. And it started out really, really small. I was getting some really small roles, but I was really happy to get them. I, there were people that I watched along the way, and I was really able to learn a lot from the directors that I worked with, the other actors that I was working with. I've just been really lucky with the people that I've been able to absorb things from.
0: Yeah. What do you think you get from your experiences in the theater? What is it that drives you to keep doing it? And because you have a day job, right? Yeah. <laughs> and. You've got all this other thing these other things you have to do, and theater takes up a lot of your time, especially <laughs> directing so
2: what is it that drives you to keep <clears throat> doing it? it it really does take up a lot of time, but I don't you do it because it's satisfying because there's something important about telling these stories and how it makes you feel when you're able to be a part of that and do something that mean something to somebody or makes them laugh or makes them remember a happy time or something like that that feels I don't. there's a lot of power in that and it it is the it's all very empowering and there's just something that makes me feel healthy about being able to get that out in a creative and productive way
0: oh yeah one thing i think that people who aren't in the theater don't realize is the power not only of the product that goes out, if you want to call it that the actual p- performance that people see. But there's everything that goes on before that with a group of people that you become really close with. It's almost like a family. Yeah. yeah. And I used to when in college when I did a lot of theater in college in the late nineteen hundreds, I was always <laughs> sad I was always so sad when it was over because I had gotten so close to everybody in the rehearsal process. Yeah. And but the other side of that is that it's really a beautiful experience because you're all working on this thing together. Now it can be A really bad experience sometimes uh but you know chemistry is important chemistry is very important important. and it sounds like you got the right group of people with the good chemistry for this can i ask you a really horrible question okay is there nudity in the show (laughs) there is
2: a little bit of nudity is it full nudity uh well it is full but the audience only sees it from okay. behind so it's like oh what was that show the alert. sissies the oh i didn't know oh, southern, southern baptist yeah.
0: sissies i was like whoa okay there's a good bit in that show there right. was a good bit of beauty <laughs> in that show i'm just trying to help you know not that you need help ticket sales because i mean you don't need you don't need help selling yeah. tickets because you've okay. sold out every performance so far um what's next for
2: you jonathan sweat Oh gosh, I'm gonna rest. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like I've had a great time doing this, but it does take up so much time. Yeah, and I haven't really, really uh, got my next project set just yet. I think I'm gonna travel a little bit and uh, Ooh, try to enjoy get. having a little free time. Where do you like to travel? Well, yeah, I already have a little trip to Atlanta planned, but you know, that's an easy nice. weekend trip. But, um, hey, but that's fun. I think I'm gonna go back to New York City pretty soon. Awesome. Good food do you good
0: food do you have some friends up there or do you is it are you no, just gonna get um, a hotel and enjoy the shows
2: and everything yeah I think we're gonna go we're gonna have I don't I don't have friends that live up there that I stay with or anything but um, I have a group of friends that we're gonna go and just try to find an you know, Airbnb place that we can just that's great rule for a few days yeah. okay
0: what shows are on Broadway right now or
2: off Broadway that you wanna see oh my god I'm so terrible i with too yeah I'm too busy i'm too busy to keep up keep up with all that well i'm still dying to see the the harry potter show oh really yeah i would love to see that okay um one of the reasons
0: i I wanted to do this podcast is because a lot of times especially in our culture now we're so obsessed with the successes of famous people or rich people or people who are not here and there's also this degradation of the south i think (laughs) some of it you know we deserve, <laughs> yeah. but there is a lot happening all around us. There are community activists. There are you know theater people. There are people making music. There's just I wanted to talk to people who were involved in things that were very creative and interesting. And you're one of those people. And theater downtown does you know all that wonderful work and has been doing it for since 2004 or six. I can't remember. 2006. 2006. Yeah. What advice? So let's say that not that I have like a huge audience. But yeah. what advice would you give to anyone in town or in the community who's looking to get into theater but doesn't really know how to
2: how to do that? Look for auditions. I mean, people hate Facebook. I hate Facebook. And it's, it, it's a pain that it's kind of one of our most valuable tools right now as far as marketing our shows and sharing information within the theater community. But, you know, people post audition notices there. They... They uh, do events So follow the different theater companies Follow Theater Downtown Follow Terrific New Theater Birmingham Festival Theater Follow them all And when you see there's an audition posted Just go Even if there's not a role for you Even if there's You really don't feel like you have a chance The experience that you get from trying it Is going to help you move forward To where one day you will Absolutely That's exactly what I did Like I was terrified Because I mean I hadn't auditioned for anything Since I was in high school That first audition I went to, I thought I was going to throw up (laughs) most of the time, but I got through it. And that was, you know, that was an important step. And you started as a zombie. Absolutely.
0: Theater Downtown has even more exciting shows coming this season. To start... The Revolutionists, a comedy, a quartet, a revolutionary dream fugue, a true story, written by Lauren Gunderson and directed by the extremely talented Catherine Champion. Oh, and hey, auditions for The Revolutionists are Sunday, February the 16th. That's Sunday, February the 16th at 5 p.m. at Birmingham Festival Theater. Another show coming up is Significant Other, written by Josh Harmon and directed by one of Birmingham's best directors, Mel Christian. Starstruck by Elaine Lee, with Susan Norfleet-Lee and Dale Place, directed by Mike Cunliffe, and How I Learned to Drive by Paula Vogel, directed by the wonderful Marcus Lane. Don't forget that Small Mouth Sounds only runs one more weekend, from February the 6th through February the 8th. That's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, starting at 8 p.m. You can get your tickets at theaterdowntown.org. Hey, and remember, that's theater spelled the right way. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E, theaterdowntown.org, or look up Theater Downtown on Facebook. There's a link to order there as well. They're selling out quickly, so get your tickets now. Enjoy the rest of the interview. Here's what people I don't think realize. A young woman came to me recently who was a former student, and she lives in, in the area, and she really wants to get into theater. And I said, there's a theater family group or whatever they call it on facebook There, all the different theaters have i told her all that um but i i think there's just this fear that people have to get past but the truth of it is if you get in there and people get to know you and i think you need to have a good work ethic and you have to be you need to be able to get along with people and that kind of thing yeah building
2: a good reputation really helps
0: (laughs) that helped me in college i was i'm not a great actor and that's why i don't act But uh, I got in every show, every semester in college in small roles because I worked my ass off, you know? Being dependable goes far. Yeah. Goes really far. Yeah. Um, I wish that I could figure out what this question was right here. (laughs) Who do... What do you think that says?
1: Who do you... Udami?
0: No, no. (laughs) Who do you admire? Whether it's actors, directors, or if there are spiritual leaders. I don't know if you're a spiritual person or not, but... Who is it that you look up to and admire, or do you?
2: You know, I'm really lucky to have some really creative friends. And I think those are the people that inspire me the most. Um, Like, I know it's probably a more interesting answer to talk about some famous actor or some famous director or something that I really admire, but um, to me kind of having that sense of family and sense of community that's really what drives me a lot more than trying to follow along in the success of you know someone specific i look at it a lot more as just an opportunity to create cool stuff with my friends that's great yeah i like that answer
0: it's better than you know whoever whatever celebrity you could think of well jonathan i really really appreciate it i'm serious i know that we take on this tone when we're doing a podcast i really mean it from my, i i really appreciate you letting us come into your home and do a podcast because you don't really know me that well but i have a lot of respect for you i think that you're a wonderful actor i'm so happy for you that you're directing this show i can't wait to see it and i wish you nothing but the best
2: thank you very much that makes me feel good i appreciate that <laughs> Thank you for listening
1: to Where You Are, a podcast created by Jimmy Ellenberg and edited by Fox Williams. The introductory music was Bright in the Corner, Where You Are, a song performed by Billy Pollard and created by Ina Dudley Ogden and Charles Hutchinson Gabriel. All music was used with permission. Thank you again for listening and have a nice day, wherever you are.